Welcome to the Hornets pod. Uh, we're back. I know, two in one week. Crazy, right? We're going to try and try and uh, tighten this up and actually do this for real. Uh, kind of organize it a little bit better. We're going to see if we can't, you know, make it at least a little bit more professional. So I am Mark. And, uh, well, we got some stuff to talk about in Hornets land. Um, Kemba Walker was named third team all NBA and all of the Hornets fan lost their freaking minds. Seriously, I've never seen Hornets Twitter. So, uh, bipolar than I did yesterday after that news came out. Everybody has an opinion on whether they should sign him, whether they should let him walk, whether they should do, you know. Do all this stuff, and I'm gonna get into that. What I think they should do, but can we talk about Clay Thompson? His reaction when he found out he did not get in looked like my ten-year-old when I tell her to clean her room. Rolling his eyes, pouty. I mean, we all know that Clay has been to the finals five years in a row, and we all know that Clay is America's sweetheart. And he signs toasters. But we also all realize that Clay Thompson is a third or fourth option on a team full of superstars. I mean, I would hope we all notice that. The guy does a great job at what he does. But what he does is play off of two Hall of Famers who create open shots for him. Does he knock those shots down? Absolutely. But does he bring anything else on the offensive end? Not really. I mean, we've seen games where the dude barely dribbles. Like, so for him to act like Kemba did not earn it over him because of some belief that, one, the postseason doesn't mean anything for those awards. Those are regular season awards that are judged by what you do in the regular season. And honestly, Clay didn't have a great regular season. He closed the season strong, but for like the first three months, he was shooting like 32% from three, and if Clay's not hitting, Clay ain't making money. So let's, I just, that, his reaction was, one, extremely disrespectful to the other guards in the league, who, I mean, to be honest, they're more important to their team than Clay Thompson is to his team. I mean, I'm pretty sure Kemba could run around and shoot wide-open looks off of back screens. In fact, I know he can do that and hit his fair share of threes. But there's no way Clay can lead a team as being the number one option. And for the the people or the, the talking heads that I saw on Twitter trying to tell me if you had Kemba or if you switched Kemba and Clay that the Hornets would have made the freaking playoffs last year, I mean, stop. Just stop. You don't know what you're freaking talking about. You clearly didn't watch a Hornets game last year. If you honestly think what Clay Thompson brings was going to help the Hornets win, then you're an idiot. Clay Thompson can't... He 91% of his three-pointers were assisted. 91%. I mean... That's he 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 made twenty threes off the bounce, where he was where he he made his own shot twenty unassisted threes in seventy eight games this year. 
So you, if you had him on the Hornets, you have nobody to create their own shot. And the dude, had, the dude averages like two and a half assists a game. Even though the ball's... But if he gets the ball, he's shooting it. So that, that was just an idiotic take by... I don't even remember Skip Bayless or one of the morons that seemed to only talk about the Hornets when they're comparing to talking negatively about them. But, and you know they ain't watching Hornets games. So as far as that concerned, Clay, you're a great third option. But until you're running the show and trying to drag a franchise along to try and get him in the playoffs, don't disrespect Kevin Walker, okay? But the day you do 26-6 and six on, a bat, on, a, on a team where you're the number one, then you can roll your eyes and act like you're all hurt because you didn't get all NBA over Kemba. So let's be done with that conversation. Following that up, the Kemba Walker Super Max Edition. Does Kemba earn the Supermax? This is the question on everybody's lips in Buzz City. One, he absolutely... you got to look at this as two different things. One, he absolutely deserves the money. For the way he's gotten better, the way he plays, what he's meant to the franchise, he deserves the money. He deserves being recognized. He deserves it because he's been underpaid for four years. That, that is a separate issue from, is it a good idea to pay him, said Supermax. This is something that I've noticed that Hornets fans can't seem to put together, is that deserving and is it a good idea, you don't have to bash him for who he is because you don't want to pay him. You can say, I don't know if he's worth that contract, without being a douchebag, okay? So let's work on that, Buzz City. Let's work on being able to have an articulate intelligent debate where it doesn't go well he's only 5'8 he's only 5'11 and he's 30 he's not 5'11 or his height he hasn't shrunk over the last two years and he's not 30 he just turned 29 if I swear to god if I see one more person say he's 30 the the idea behind the supermax is to try and keep guys like Kemba who play for a small market to try and give the 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 team the, the ability to keep him as opposed to him running to New York or somewhere else where he has you know, the lights shine brighter. Um, do I think they should re-sign Kemba? Yes. I have never wavered from this. I believe that not re-signing Kemba basically guarantees you are going to be in the bottom five of the, of the league for the next four years minimum. And as we just saw, that does not necessarily guarantee you a good pick. As uh, the Suns just found out and the, the Cavs and all those teams that are now sh picking six and seven. So the notion that, that letting him walk and rebuilding is the way to go is, to me, it... it we're basically rebuilding either... The, the, it's not whether we're rebuilding or not. We're rebuilding. It's whether or not we're rebuilding with Kemba as the centerpiece. That's the whole thing. If you have enough faith in Miles and Bacon and Trey, or uh, I keep calling him Travion, uh, Devonte and Monk for some reason, if you have enough faith that these guys are players in the NBA, 
then why wouldn't you want them with an all-star point guard? That's my, that's my whole, I can't wrap my head around this. If you want to get young, and if you want to get the best out of your young players, you pair them with an all-star point guard. Like, that's, that's how that works. That's why point guard is the hardest, uh, hardest position to learn or to be competent at as a young player in the, in the NBA. So if you really, if you, let's say you maybe try and you let Kemba walk and you draft a point guard this year, well, he's not really going to be ready to run the show for two or three years. And all that does is slows down the development of your other young players. So if you really believe that Miles can be a solid NBA star, maybe not star, but let's say a, a, I really believe Miles can be a 16.8 board block and a steal kind of guy that you have starting. You know, if you believe Baking can be a 20-point scorer or 18-point scorer, then why would you go backwards just to try and get back to where you were? So I was looking at the numbers, and a lot of people in, in, in Charlotte have been saying, well, you, you know, if, if, you, if you've signed Kemba to this long-term deal, I, I, you, can't, you can't pay anybody else. And, 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 and it'll just hamstring the franchise. Okay, well, that's not true either. It's very simple. Go to spotrack.com. It's a website that shows all of your cap holds, shows what you owe. So, out of curiosity, I did this. And I went, and I looked, and by my calculations, which I'm not the smartest man on the planet, but I can figure out basic math, the Hornets, not this season coming up, but in the following season, after MKG and you know all the guys are on one-year deal, you know, one-year remaining deals now, after they fall off, um, you're not paying... Uh, Tony Parker, he falls off. So it, you're basically down to a bare group of your young guys. And this would include the three draft picks for this year. So if you, or if they, stretch Batum, and he's lost $27 million on his contract, for that last year they stretched it out over three years, it's $9 million a year, saves you $18 million. If they do that, they could be paying Kemba Walker $40 million in that season, that upcoming season, and still have $32 million in cap space. So that's almost another max spot. So you're going to have Kemba, seven or eight young guys, Cody, and, and that's pretty much it. But if you're rebuilding and you're trying to, to get better, that's what you're looking for. So you actually will have cap space to build around Kemba. And a lot of you are going to be saying, well, but we're going to have to start re-signing people. And, and that's true. But the beauty part of the way this works is if you keep your young guys and you give them the second contract, you have their bird rights. So you can go over the cap to sign them and still use your cap space if you sign if you sign them in the right order. So, $32 million, you'll have seven young players under their rookie deal. You have the room to get better. You have the room to build. And 
this is what nobody believes can be done, but this is the path to how you, if you really want this team to play well within the next five years, that's how you got to do it. You can't send Kemba off and think this team's going to win anything. This is what, this is the, the confusion that I find between a lot of Hornets fans is they talk about contending. Well, if we're not a contender, what it doesn't matter. The problem with that thought process is you don't jump from being a mediocre team to being a contender as a small market team. That does not happen. Unless you get lucky and get a, a game changer like LeBron in the draft, which that happens once every, what, once every 20 years, you get a guy who can come in and, and take your team from a 20-win team to a 50-win team? That just doesn't happen. Even, I mean, the, 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 the Pelicans got Anthony Davis seven years ago or eight years ago. What did that do for him? Not much. It made them respectable, but it didn't take them from a bad team to a great team. So if you truly want to become a contender in today's NBA as a small market team, you have to become good first. So the quickest way for the Hornets to become good and be a five seed or a four seed is to have the young guys that they currently have, add them to the young guys that will be coming in this year, mix a little bit of the Kemba Walker magic, maybe it all rubs off, they get better, and all of a sudden, two years from now, you have cap space, young guys who are performing, and, well, albeit a slightly older Kemba Walker, but still a top 10 point guard in the NBA. That's how you get good. Then you can go on to from being good to contending. But you got to be good first. So if you're talking about being a contender, pump the brakes. Uh, so in in summation of this, um, you you got to. I don't even know if it's going to take the big full time max, the two twenty one or whatever. I don't even know if it's going to take that. And there's a lot of ways they can move numbers. They you know the the rules are you can you can even have it go descending. You can have it go ascending. And go up or down. You don't have to. It's not set that it has to be the full max, and it's going to be fifty million dollars when Kemba, you know, in his last year. I mean, there's all there's so many ways to mess with this that really there's no point in in worrying about it or thinking about it until you until we get closer and we realize that this is a real thing. So, but in my opinion, you, you resign him, you give him, you know. You, you do whatever is necessary to get him back. And if that takes... I mean, maybe it takes five years, $200 million. Well, that's what it takes. You can still contend with a guy making $40 million a year in today's NBA. It, it, you'll have enough room. You just have to draft well. Which, as a small market team, guess what? You have to draft well anyway. This isn't changing the, fo the focus. This isn't changing the plan. As a small market team, you have to draft well because you're not going to get a lot of big-name free agents. Well, you don't need a ton of cap space if you're not going to get a ton of big-name free agents. So, if you have enough cap space for wiggle room and you can sign necessary players, but you don't have to overpay role players, <clears throat> Nick Matum, uh, Marvin Williams, if you don't have to overplay those guys and you can get younger 
younger role players that maybe haven't hit yet, and you can sign them to team-friendly contracts instead of giving everybody a freaking player option, that's where you're set up. So, to me, that's that's the, the, the best plan. That's the best course of action for the Hornets right now. Um, there's one more thing I want to talk about on this Memorial Day weekend edition, or pre-Memorial Day weekend edition. Um, speaking of that, we gotta, we gotta get a little, oh yeah, oh, it's Friday. So, there's one more thing I want to talk about, and that is Drake. Now, I'm old. You guys probably know this. I turned 40 this year. I'm old. Uh, I, I get being fired up for your team and being an ambassador or whatever the hell that is. To me, that just sounds like a famous guy who's a fan of your team. But if so, I'm just waiting for the day when somebody pops off and knocks Drake out on the sideline. He is far too involved in what's going on on the court. He's touching coaches. He's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He's... He's a spectacle, and I get it. Like, that's how he makes his money. He's a spectacle because people want to listen to him rap or whatever the hell that you call that. He's... The NBA needs to do something because I seem to remember a certain purple shirt guy who was reprimanded for his antics. And is it because he's not a rapper? Because it's basically the same thing. You know, you see fans, and if they push it too far at all, if a fan would have done exactly what Drake did, they would have gotten booted out, and they never would have been able to come in that stadium again. And what this does is it sets a double standard. People see Drake bouncing around on the sideline and interacting with the players and the coaches, and it, it, it opens that door. It opens that door for people to have a couple beers and think they can do it. So, I don't dislike Drake. He's, he's, he's fine. But I, I dislike the antics being okay for him to do it and not but other people getting thrown out for doing far less than that. So, th- that's my take on that. Mm. Oh, delicious. So, that's the last thing I wanted to talk about. He just annoys me. But, other than that, I'm wishing all of you a happy Memorial Day weekend. Say thank you to the men and women who served our country and lost their lives to keep us free. There's no There's no bigger thing than being selfless enough to do that. So, I thank you to all the veterans who listen. I appreciate every, every bit of what you do, and I hope you have a great weekend. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid. Don't drink and drive, because that's stupid. So just get out. Have a great, great weekend. Enjoy the time off. Enjoy the time with your families. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you sometime next week. Until then, take care, and bye-bye. <laughs>